welcome to the GATA podcast, where it's all dog, all the time. I'm your host, Robert Reynolds. Each episode, you'll hear me give my takes and opinions on things that involve Georgia football. That could mean recruiting, the most important thing of all. Could also mean any recent news involving the Georgia program. Also could mean current state of the team. So stick around as this episode of the GATA podcast starts right now. show it is friday and you know what that means we're on facebook we've got a lot to talk about um currently though uh there's not a lot going on right now uh with with recruiting you know obviously i've talked about it earlier in the week um so today we're not going to necessarily talk about recruiting for the future or for actually the present state of the team We're actually going to do a flashback Friday. And what I mean by that, we've got several different uh, things that we're going to cover. And obviously the followers and people commenting in, um, here is a great way to stay engaged. We're going to go through, and and I'll list this off, basically top blanks, right? So you could hear, you know, whatever. But it's only for people or whatever that you've experienced in your lifetime. For instance, I'm 29. I'm not. I can't say that my favorite player is Herschel Walker. That's the that's the stipulation. Not saying that he's not the greatest of all time. I believe that is the case, and there's no question. But to make this interesting, and for people that are commenting in the, you know in the comments. It's within your lifetime that you've experienced or you've seen, right? I can't say Charlie Trippy. I can't say, you know, like I said, Herschel Walker or nothing like that. Fran Tark is nothing like that. So it has to stay within your, you know, within your life lifetime. So keep that in mind, everybody that's uh, commenting in here. Uh, Chad Buchanan says, go dogs, sick them. Absolutely, sir. You know how it is. All right. So, I'm going to start off keeping it simple. Keep it simple here. Top five Bulldog players that you've seen. While people, while I let people come up with their, you know, their top five, I've already got mine. Um, in, in no particular order. No particular order. Um, David Pollock is one of them. Uh, just dominant, man. Absolutely dominant. Um, <clears throat> you also have Roquan Smith. In my opinion, in the 2000 to 2010, best defender outside of David Pollock. Definitely the 2010. In the in the 2010s, Roquan Smith. Not even close, in my opinion. 
Um, Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford, best quarterback I've seen in my lifetime. I know you got. I know you got the uh, David Green, uh, and Aaron Murray's. You know the all-time SEC leader, or was. But Matt Stafford, in my opinion, um, it was just my favorite quarterback. Just my favorite. Uh, and then you've got the top, uh, the the bottom two to fill it out. Uh, Todd Gurley and Nick Chubb. Is there really any question? I mean, I'm just saying. If you if you add or if you take away the suspension of Todd Gurley, he's a Heisman. There's no question about it. Not a question in 2014. Ooh, sorry. So that is my top five. Not um, I'm letting people comment, you know, things like that. Uh, Stephen Postlethwaite. Sorry if I said that wrong. Uh, list two off right now, starting a third. I just saw it. Todd Gurley, Roquan Smith, A.J. Green. I like all three of those. Uh, A.J., you know, you could look at Terrence Edwards. I I, I, I love Terrence, um, what he did, you know, while he was at Georgia. Um, obviously, he's our leading receiver in regards to receiving yards in a season. But there's just something about A.J. Green that was just electric. Absolutely electric. Um, there was just so much, and, and and you know, and you look at underrated players as well that wouldn't make this list. Uh, you know, you look at my, one of my favorites too, Muhammad Masakwa. I, especially when you had, you know, that two thousand seven, two thousand eighteen, with Stafford, uh, Marino, you know, AJ Green. You know, Muhammad Masquad was kind of that under, like under the radar producer, and you know, just was a great receiver. I loved watching Muhammad Masquad make catches and stuff like that. So, you know, that's that's one that's underrated. But obviously, I don't think he can. I had to choose five. Uh, I didn't really want to choose five, but I had to limit it to somewhere because I just can't keep going off. Um, Jonathan Bowen says Nick Chubb. Fair enough. Fair enough. Chad Buchanan actually lists off uh, Herschel Walker, Roquan Smith, Matt Stafford, Nick Chubb, A.J. Green, and he had to throw a sixth out there and said Todd Gurley. I don't know if that's in any order or not, but that's a damn good list. Uh, Stephen Puzzle. I'm going to call you Stephen P. For the, sake, uh, for the sake of this and butchering your name. I hate it. Stephen P. says Riley Ridley and him too. Yeah, I just feel like Riley Ridley was kind of underutilized when he was here. When he was here, he was kind of un, like underutilized. Yeah, I, I feel like he, like, you know, you know, maybe maybe I was wrong, but you know, I would have loved to see you know what he could do, and maybe this year. Hell, that's for a lot of receivers, right? Like AJ Green and you know uh, Muhammad Masquad, just those two. You know, those benefit those guys benefited from having Stafford. You know, the, and this is where I've said it before: being able to stretch the uh, field, right, get the ball downfield, it matters. You know what I mean? And Stafford was the perfect example of getting it down the field. I don't think there's going to be a. I don't think there there probably will never be a quarterback that was electric in the passing game than Matt Stafford. Not saying that no one had a bigger arm because that's that's a hard debate too. That's a hard debate too. 
Um, you know, it's curious to see how Gunnar Stockton does. You know, I've saw him, you know, his tape and everything. Uh, and he's got a cannon. And Brock's got a cannon. But I just don't know if that's Matt Stafford-esque. You know what I mean? Yeah, Ridley, Stephen, um, you know, Ridley was a great route runner. You're right. He was, you know, I think that was an underrated aspect to him. He would get open. So, I agree with you there. Uh, Chad Buchanan says, Green would have put up bigger numbers if he weren't suspended for three or four games. Oh, yeah. Same with Gurley. Gurley, like I said, Gurley would have been a Heisman. The year that he had was phenomenal. Absolutely nasty. Damn autographs and, make you know, it's a whole different conversation, though. All right, so, like I said, I'm sure people keep posting in. Um, while you're commenting, I'm going to go ahead and move to the next one. But like I said, that is the top five Bulldog players in your lifetime that you've seen. All right. I'm going to move on. And I'm now it's becoming a top three. Uh, top three favorite UGA teams. Basically based off of your season. Um. I'm just going to list some three. Like I said, mine is in no real particular order. All of them have a great, you know, all of uh, importance. Uh, 2008. 2008. Um, good defense. And that offense, though. Um, if you've ever, if you listened to my first episode, I talked about it. Um, when I was actually able to really understand and really looked, looking for a team to pull for. Um, and and try to really focus. The 2008 team is what caught me. It really caught me with, you know, when you had no Sean Marino, you had Stafford, Massaquai, right? Just all of that, the electricity in, you know, AJ Green, the electricity in that team, for some reason, just, it just gravitated me. Um, and before, you know, not just before 2008 though, I'd watch games you know, I've watched several games whenever they were on. Uh, being from North Carolina, you know, I just had to go with, uh, I just had to go with uh, CBS. So if, you know, if they were on, I got to watch them. I didn't really get it. You know, obviously back then also you didn't have SEC Network where you could watch your teams or ESPN Plus where you could watch Georgia all the time. So you just had to watch what was on. Um, I wish, you know, and obviously if I was in Georgia, I would have listened to Munson or Scott Howard call. But when you're not, and you don't have that technology, kind of is what it is. 2008 is one of them. 2017, another one. Don't, do, I, do I have to really explain that? I think everybody kind of knows. 2017 to 2018, everybody knows. You made it to the national championship. You can't leave that out right now. You can't leave it out. Roquan, Lorenzo, uh, hell yeah, Sony, Chubb, Michelle, Oh, sorry, Sony Michelle. <laughs> Michelle, Chubb, Swift, when he was in. Uh, and 2002. I, I just thought the 2002 team was good with Pollitt and uh, Shockley. And, you know, I, I just thought that was a good team in my opinion, too. Uh, Chad Buchanan says 80, 2007, and 2017. If, if I was born, you know, in, the, in that time frame, boss man, I would have to say the 80 team. Obviously, that is our national championship team. But rules is rules, as I <laughs> so got to keep it within my lifetime. Uh, Stephen P agrees with Chad. Uh, Stephen uh, Stephen also lists 
07 and 2017 was his top two for sure. Uh, Steven says that he believes the uh, year, this year's offense will put up big numbers. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, you know, I, I think, in all honesty, this might be the most loaded offense I've ever witnessed. Just from a talent standpoint, right? Like, like I said, 2007, when you had Stafford, you had Green, you know, Massaquai, and, you know, no Sean. That was loaded. But I, I just think that the amount of weapons that we have in all the positions with a competent quarterback that can get the ball anywhere on the field is just more potent. I, and the offensive scheme itself, right? Like getting into that kind of air raid, you know, just imagine, just imagine, right? We're going to play hypothetical here. Just imagine if Stafford was in Monken's offense back in 2007, 2008 with AJ Green and no Sean and Massaquai. That would be insane. That would be insane. Or, still hypothetically, bring bring Stafford this year. Put Stafford in this year's offense. Holy shit. <laughs> That's all you could say. The potential there would be just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, and Monken is the right, Stephen, Monken is the right person for this offense. But we have to make sure that we plan for when he's gone. That's just the way that is. You know what's coming. And, and honestly, I think Buster Faulkner is going to be that guy. That's just me. But, but yeah, this year, I, I think it, it has to come to fruition, though. Right? So, may, what if, if, for instance, if we revisit this in a year from today, or, you know, a year and a little bit, you know, next year, right? Let's just say next year. Maybe that is something that we could say as a top, you know, maybe a top team. We've got talent all across the offense, every single position. You know, even, you know, back in the day, you know, you couldn't really name a tight end. Nalda was like the first big one. Uh, Randy McMichael, whatever, you know, whatever, you go know what I mean. But, like, for the most part, back in 2007, I don't really know if people knew the tight ends because we didn't use them that much. You just kind of didn't. They were mostly blocking, and that was <clears throat> that was just the way it was. But now you've got the threat of you know Big O, Big Darnell. You got Brock Bowers, Fitzpatrick. I I like Fitzpatrick. I just think obviously he's going to get overshadowed or uh, you know overshadowed. It is what it is though. But our tight end our tight end room is ridiculous, you know. And, you know, and, and looking at the running back situation, we've got six running backs that are more than efficient, right? More than efficient. You know, it, it may not be the, the star power of, you know, a running back tandem like you look back in 2013 or 2014 with, more so 2014 with uh with Gurley, right? Gurley, Chubb, and Michelle when they were freshmen. You know what I mean? It might not have that star power. However, it's TBD, you know? I mean, you look at Zeus, he might have a breakout year. I think Kendall Milton's going to be the future. You know, uh, Kenny McIntosh, I like Kenny McIntosh. Cook out of the backfield as a receiving back. Probably the best one we've got. We're, it, it is insane. Like, we've got a ton of depth. So, maybe this year could be one that you put in the record books, right? But we just got to play a complete team as well. 
defense you need to step up to. Make you know have that team. You have a defense like you did in 2018, right? That that stout defense, 2018-2019 defenses, super stout. You know. Uh, anyways, um, moving on from my favorite teams, I'm top three moments in Georgia history. Um, one of them being the Rose Bowl win against Oklahoma. It was a beautiful win. Uh, I don't think I've ever bit my nails or losses. You know, my hair turned gray in that game. My hair turned gray in that game. Yep, especially when we were down and, you know, we started to come back and it was beautiful to watch. You know, but then you go and, you know, the, uh, the uh, Chubb run, less than a minute to go. Next thing you know, he was scoring. Sony just touched his head on the goal post. Went fucking ballistic, really. You know what I mean? Went ballistic. That's just one of the favorite three moments for me. Um, I, I don't think you 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 have to put this in here. Um, just because it kind of brought out a culture for Georgia here. Blackout versus Auburn in, um, in 2007. I think you have to have that there. Just, just, just it. You, it brings back so many damn memories in my head. So many. Soldier Boy cranking out. You know, when it was when it was first out. Man, I'm telling you right now, as a teenager going through high school, man, that song hit different. It hit different. <laughs> it hit different. But you know, you look at you watch Sanford Stadium. You got the black jerseys for the first time ever. Right, first time ever seeing black jerseys. Then you see you like I said, Soldier Boy place is going ballistic, and it's Auburn, it's, it, the Deep South's old rivalry. It's, it's you couldn't make it much more. You know, obviously we win, tops it off. I still remember Noshawn's cutback run for the touchdown that kind of just blew the game open. Man, that was, shit was fun. That was fun, and obviously you know the black jerseys come out. Um, and, and then it's basically, you know, that comes a staple for Georgia, especially in recruiting kids love the black jerseys, you know, sure. We don't wear them a ton and that's okay, but it's a staple of Georgia culture right now when, in, in regards to football. So you have to include that, that first game. Now, sure. We shouldn't have warm against Bama, but that's what it is. It is what it is, right? It is what it is there. However, you know, you look at Hawaii when we won, you know, things like that. Every time we've won, pretty much we've won. You know, this year we won, and it's kind of sloppy, but we won. Um, but, yeah, so the, the 07 blackout, that's that's number two. Um, and I, this was, I think this was like, I saw this. I barely remember this. I barely, barely remember this. It was on CBS. And it was in 1996. I was five years old. Um, when Uga bite, uh, bites uh, <laughs> Baker from Auburn. That moment. When he, when he, when Uga bit, when Uga bit Baker after he scored that touchdown. I mean, sure they scored a touchdown, but who? Name a Georgia fan that doesn't know that image. If you can't recall that image. I don't understand how you can't. Maybe because you weren't born, but still, you know, you you look at you look at Uga Biting Baker, and that you put that on a pedestal with 
uh, Herschel Walker's Tennessee run where he trucks over the guy, right? You do, you know, you, there's so many different things. You have, her, you, like I said, Herschel, you got Lindsey Scott run, right? Um, hell, Dooley calling, uh, not Dooley, but um, Munson hunker down, right? Those moments, I know these were before my time, but you put it on that kind of same pedestal as as those moments in history, in my opinion. You have to. It really made, it, that's just a long-lasting image, and you can't leave it out. You can't leave it out. So, like I said, I'll recap real fast because I kind of went on tangents about them all. Uh, Rose Bowl win um, against Oklahoma. The first ever blackout uh, against Auburn in 07. And the 1996 Auburn game, Ugga bites uh, Baker, the receiver from Auburn. Um, let's see. Team rushing the field after scoring against Florida. Oh, that was, dude, that's honorable mention for me. Oh, that was beautiful. 07, that was. I think that was the 07 game. Um, no Sean, no Sean hurdles up, scores, and then the whole team comes out. Who cares about that damn flag, man? Excessive celebration. Nobody cared about that. That You knew it was planned. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was absolutely beautiful. Still helped that we won that game, too, so I'll take it. I will gladly take that. That was a beautiful one, Chad. Good call. Good call. All right, so I, so right now I don't necessarily see a, a list of anybody's uh, moments. I know that may be a little bit difficult. You know, people might post one-offs. Uh, I'm going to keep moving, though, and I'm going to break that. There's, you'll hear this one out, top three runs that you've ever seen. Um. This you know you can you can include a kick if, if something like a kickoff or a punt return you know any kind of special teams run I'll include it right um, but to me when it comes down to the best top three runs that I've seen I have to look at Marino's dive at Arizona State um, you know he had you had Central Michigan where he hurdled the guy and you know that was four that was number four for me. Um, however, no Sean's, no Sean's dive at Arizona state, it, it burned an image in my head. And honestly, that is what got me to be a fan. That play right there solidified my fandom, my fanhood to Georgia. It was just, it was, you couldn't have put it any better. You know, Brent Musburger, his call at the time. It was just, you know, him and Herb Street, you know, obviously the, the camera angle, it was perfect, at least in my opinion. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. Jared, that was another one. Um, that was another one. Uh, Jared Thurman says, Ver, Varen Haynes for the TD at Tennessee Hobnail Boot. Absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't include that because I've got it later. And you'll see, you'll listen to it and you'll tune in and stay, you'll see why. All right, so like I said, Marino's dive at Arizona State, like I said, that's what solidified it. You put it in concrete. That's what turned me into a dog and stayed a dog. That's just the way it goes. Just the way it goes. Uh, second one, uh, Gurley's leap against uh, Kentucky. His dive into the end zone, that touchdown. Image stays in your head, right? That's, that was beautiful. Uh, you'll you'll kind of get a feel for why I like them because they stuck out. You know, like, you can look at a run like, you know, um, like Swift in the SEC championship game against Auburn, right? That's another one that I like. 
Um, but like I said, with the first two, you know, with No Sean and Todd Gurley and those two, the ability to to make an everlasting impression is what really set it off for me. Just in those two, and, I, and I'm gonna bring in my third. Uh, my third is Nick Chubb's first touchdown, first career touchdown against Clemson. Came against Clemson. And to me, that run kind of showed me exactly what we had with Chubb because it just kept going. Those kind of runs kept going all through his time at Georgia. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I suggest you look it up. Tons of broken tackles. Ran out of his damn shoe. (laughs) Scored the touchdown. You know, and the funny thing is, you sit there and slides, you know, he slides out of the... um, he slides and falls in the end zone once he's turning the corner to come back. I just remember that. The shit was funny. Yeah, Jared, yeah, his shoe came off, man. And that was what was impressive because he didn't lose a beat in his speed. He still didn't lose it. He didn't stop at all. Like, it was insane. It was insane. So, remember, like I said, these were the top three runs. Um, another one that I wanted to put, but like I said, I had to limit to three. Todd Gurley's kickoff return against Clemson in 2014. That was another one. 100-yard run. That was beautiful. I'm going to touch back on that as well later in a different way. In a different way. All right. Moving on. And like I said, if we're on the top three runs. I'm moving on. Um, if you want to list them, go for it. I'll read them out. Um, while, you know, while I'm going on, Brad Cassidy says, go dogs, but yeah, go dogs, baby. Go dog. Um, so I'm moving on to the top three passing plays that I've seen. Um, like I said, if you, if you, if you're just tuning in, this, we are, we are coming in hot and heavy with flashbacks from the past. So keep that in mind while you listen to the show. This is all about the past. So keep that in mind. Top three passing plays. Uh, AJ Green's one-handed catch against Colorado. Love that play. I absolutely love that catch. Got it got torsioned up, you know, kind of got twisted up in the air. Came down. Beautiful catch. Absolutely beautiful catch. Uh, Jared Thurman says, Godwin at Notre Dame. You read my mind, sir. That was number two for me. Yep. Godwin at at Notre Dame. Number two. Um, Brad Cassidy also said, just tuning in, one of my favorite pass plays was Godwin at Notre Dame. Recent history, baby. It tells you that play was absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I cannot go much further without hating these damn lousy stinking gators. The lizard, you know, the lake lizards. Whatever you want to call them. Brian Harrigan's one had to catch in the cocktail party. In the cocktail party. I, I couldn't believe that man caught that ball. I could not believe it. <laughs> I could not believe it. But when they ruled it a compl- actual completion and I saw it on the replay, best believe my ass was up and just wilding out. <laughs> I was wilding out. Can't be mad about it. I was so excited when he caught that. 
when he caught that, I, I just, I literally, like I said, I could not believe it. And like I said, you you can't leave AJ Green out of the equation. I'm gonna touch back on my number one. Well, like I said, no particular order, but just my first one that I listed. AJ AJ Green, you can't leave him off the list. My man made too many dang good catches. And and, and you know what? You have Pickens in the practice one, and, and Pickens is making some damn good plays too. But that that'll be on the list moving forward. But you know, and if you want to list that, I am all for that. I have my honorable mentions. It's okay. <laughs> I just have to limit myself to three. AJ Green, Godwin at Notre Dame, Brian Harrion's catching a cocktail party. Those are my three. This should be fun. This right here, I think, is going to be fun right here. Top three calls. Calls. Radio calls that you experience. Scott Howard's kickoff return uh, call against Clemson when Gurley ran it back 100 yards. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it. I genuinely can't explain how excited my man got. Scott Howard, Scott Howard looked like a kid that had just found a, a you know a whole mountain of candy while he was talking. He was calling that out. You know, so, um, oh, I, Jared, okay, so I'll stop right there. Jared Thurman says the Meekolt bomb against Alabama was a great one. Yes. Yes. That it was. That it was. Thanks for that input there, Jared. Um, going back to that call, I, I think you have to listen to what Howard's saying and how, you know, his pitch and everything. But listen to the crowd grow in, in sound as he's going, right? As he gets closer to the end zone, listen to the crowd in that call. It's just beautiful. You can, all right, so I'm moving on to my number two. Chad Buchanan hit this right on the damn head. I'll read your comment after I tell you this. If you are around 30 or above and you do not have the hobnail boot call on your I don't know what you're smoking you ain't a Georgia fan <laughs> that is one of the most iconic calls you will ever hear by Larry Munson and Larry Munson was a brilliant brilliant commentator but if you if, like I said if you're 30 or right around 30 25 or so maybe ish and you leave it off of your list, you're not a Georgia fan. You're not a Georgia fan, in my opinion. <laughs> Hobnail boot, Varen Haynes, touchdown to, you know, looking into that game, though, you know, obviously it was a Hobnail boot, but that was Mark Rick's first signature win back in 01 against Tennessee, and that, you know. So the significance of that game was just astronomical. It's, this this wasn't your Tennessee team that you see nowadays. It wasn't. This was back when Tennessee, you know, they had the national, you know, the BCS championship, and you know this is they were they have Fulmer there, everything like that. They were still, they were still there. They were still there. They were very very relevant. So, like I said, Mark Rick's first signature win at Nayland Stadium at that at Nayland Stadium at that. <laughs> 
Um, I suggest you listen to the Hobnail Boot Call because you won't forget it. You won't forget it. Chad Buchanan's comment before I before I said what I said. Hobnail Boot and the sugar falling from the sky. He called my mind. He read my mind. Jared says, oh, and Eason to Ridley against Tennessee, the la- uh, last one. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that, too. All right. Going back to my third one. This isn't just one particular play. This is not one particular play. It, you, it, 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 you definitely can pinpoint it to it. But 19, uh, sorry, not 19, 2006, 2006, the final drive, the whole drive against Georgia Tech, the whole drive, I could sit there and listen to that whole drive, don't even have to see it, just hear it, you know, that's, everybody knows this, if if you listen, if you listen to Munson Call, for me, like I said, I have to go back and do this. But even listening to them after the fact, you know, like I said, I'm from North Carolina, so you don't really hear the Georgia radio. But I'll go back and I'll, I'll surely go back now that we've got technology to do it. I wanted to try it out because, you know, you hear about him and, and you hear how good he is. But by God, the whole that whole 2006 drive, you could, you don't even have to turn it on. The, you could literally just have the audio. So I understand when when Georgia fans tell me about Larry Munson. I I believe him. I believe him. That whole 2006 drive, you couldn't you couldn't ask for a better representation with no with no visual. That that just is one example. But that you know just listening to other calls, he was always doing that. So there's no question that he's the best. You know. There's no question he's the best commentator Georgia's ever had. And I love Scott Howard. but And, and Scott Howard is a great commentator as well as the voice of the dogs. But, you know, it's I'm sorry, but nobody's going to touch Larry Munson. But that entire drive when Massaquai caught that touchdown, holy cow, man. I suggest you go look, go look, look it up and listen to that call. It was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And my final top three. Top three hardest hits that you've ever seen. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Because I have a feeling I know where it's going. And I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Number one. Greg Blue against Courtney Taylor at Auburn. My man took that man's head off. <laughs> My man took that man's head off. This was back before, you know, this was back before they got super sensitive about targeting and stuff. Greg Blue, in my opinion, probably one of the hardest hitting safeties Georgia's ever had. My, Jesus. Which leads me to number two on my list. Lewis Seen against Kyle Pitts. You talk about a damn hard hit. Holy cow. Watching that on TV, I, you heard the hit clear as day. If you didn't watch that game, I suggest you watch that, that hit. The audible hit literally made me say, in my own words, as soon as I saw that, I said, holy shit. 
<laughs> that was loud. And it kind of showed, considering the fact that neither one of them really moved uh, once the hit took place. And, and while it got called for targeting, right? while it got called for targeting, I get it. You know, I, I genuinely have to look at targeting with a grain of salt. And I understand the rule, you try to be safe. But it's a bang-bang play. Pitts lowered into it. You know, if Pitts doesn't lower his head to kind of, you know, to brace for the contact, I don't think you look at that as a targeting call. You don't. That's why that's on my list. That's why it's on my list. If you tell me to take it off, I could I could say a couple. I would I would say the Jarvis Jones um, hit against Florida. Um, to be specific here, when, when Florida's about to score late in the game, late in the fourth quarter, he goes up and they hit him, and he fumbles it, and we get the touchback. That one. Or you can go back to David Pollock, where he caught the interception touchdown, basically took it out of the guy's hands. Uh, if you really wanted to do the honorable mentions, those are two of them. But number three, Eric Stokes against Tennessee. That was a beautiful, clean tackle. Clean tackle. But my man got... My man got absolutely shook. Just rocked. No question about that. No question. My man did not see that coming. Whatsoever. Whatsoever didn't see it coming. And the best part about that play... Scoop and score would take Crowder for six. Visual representation here. Their quarterback, I forgot his name, number 18, on the sidelines, looking like he is dying after that play. He literally looked like he was dying. <laughs> yes, they showed that on the on the camera, and I was just like, oh, wow. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. Those were the top three hardest sets that I have. So, I'm going to go back through this and recap. I'm not going to talk more about it. Just going to recap. That way people can, you know, if they're just coming in, you'll hear what I'm talking about. Feel free to still comment, and I'll still listen to them as well as they come in or even after this goes off. Recap. Top five Bulldog players that you've ever seen in your lifetime. Not before you, in your lifetime. David Pollitt, Roquan Smith, Matt Stafford. Nick, uh, Nick Chubb and Todd Gurley in no particular order. Favorite UGA teams, top three, 2008, 2017, and 2002. Uh, top three moments in UGA history. Rose Bowl overtime win against Oklahoma. Blackout, first ever blackout uh, versus Auburn in 2007. And 1996, uh, Auburn, uh you know, Ugga bites uh, Baker from Auburn, and we went in four overtimes. Uh, top three runs, run specific here. No Sean Marino's dive at, uh, at Arizona State. Todd Gurley's leap against Kentucky, touchdown. And Nick Chubb's first touchdown against Clemson. Top three pass plays that you've seen. A.J. Green's one-handed catch against Colorado. 
uh, Godwin at Notre Dame. Brian Harrigan's one-handed catch um, in the cocktail party. Top three calls on the radio that you've experienced. Scott Howard's call when Gurley runs a 100-yard kickoff return against Clemson. Infamous hobno boot. And the final drive against Georgia Tech in 2006. To wrap it up, top three hardest hits. Greg Blue against Auburn's Courtney Taylor. Uh, Lewis Seen against Kyle Pitts. And Eric Stokes against Tennessee quarterback. That's the recap. And, you know, it's it's so interesting because there's so many honorable mentions. Um, one, you know, and, and we'll continue with this right here. We'll, we'll go into some honorable mentions, perhaps. And, you know, now we can just have a normal conversation as well. Who remembers Matt Stafford to Mikey Henderson in Tuscaloosa in overtime in 2006? Anybody remember that? That was one of my, that was that was an honorable mention play call, by the way. That was beautiful to me. I, I loved watching that play. The whole play worked out beautiful, but the call made it better too. You know, there, and and I love I love doing this because there's so much, right? So much history that Georgia's got, just even within my lifetime, right? And, you know, I and way before, way before, there's still there's so much history you can. You know, if if I listed it ever, I don't think I would. I don't think I would have a list done at all. There's just so much, so much good things, good memories, history going on. It's almost impossible to really list it out. But um, <clears throat> you know, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it on the fly. I think this is almost unanimous, though. I hope this isn't too unanimous. Um, you know, if you do a top, you know, top five players and coaches, right? I, that that you've witnessed, you know. In my opinion, should do you think Kirby Smart would replace any one of those guys in in the list? Like I said, Pollock, Roquan, Stafford, Gurley, Chubb—those are the five. But do you put Kirby Smart in there or Mark Richt in there? Obviously, if it was before my time, if I included it before my time, I, you have to put Dooley. You have to. You absolutely have to. But I can't do that. That's the rules. There's so many questions. I feel bad for leaving so much stuff out, but it's just memorable stuff for me. Anyways, I want to hear, you know, from you. What's your favorite, you know, moment? What's your favorite, you know, anything? What what? What's your favorite part of Georgia history? Just it can be anything, anybody, anything. Like what sticks out to you when it comes when it comes down to Georgia football? There's there I mean there's so much. <laughs> there's so much. I think you know, I, I think you look at um like I said, Central Michigan came to mind. You know, obviously uh in my list I had talked about um the Arizona State dive from uh Nershawn. But everybody remembers Central Michigan too. Everybody does. Clearly hurdled the guy. It was beautiful. It was beautiful to watch. You know, and then there's just so much. 
You got the what the 2002 SEC championship game was a beautiful one. Hawaii's thrashing that we gave them in the bowl game. You can name a lot, you know, you can name a ton. But <clears throat> anyways, before I go, before I go, um, I, I want to call this out. Um, I saw this on Twitter and. Uh, the company is called the Seven Six. It's an apparel company. Um, they have their they have a, a shirt uh, that you can go through their website and purchase. The catch with that shirt it's for Trey Lee Hill. Uh, if you don't know who that is, that is Keely Ringo's mother. Um, if you're familiar with her situation, she is going through uh, chemo right now. Um, they have a shirt there on their website um, where all proceeds of that shirt will go directly to the Team Traley um, GoFundMe page. Um, I, you know, I'm not boasting about anything. I, I bought mine and I bought a few other people, so I'm not going to boast about that. <clears throat> but I do want to, you know, call that out, and I want. You know, if, if Traley, if you're listening to this, Dog Nation has your back. There's no question about it. Every single one of us in Dog Nation, we're going to be there for you the entire way. You know, it's not about money. You know, some people, you know, if, if you have the means, great. But we're, we're pulling for you. Uh, you know, keep fighting. Um... I've, I've had several experiences, um, with family members going through it. So, you know, if you're a a spiritual person, prayers, you know, to you and your family, because I know it's not as, as tough, but it's still tough on your family as well. Um, but yeah, I, I just want to say personally, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm rooting for you. Uh, if you need anything, please let me know. I, you you can you I've talked to you before, Traley, so you know how to reach me. Um, if if there's anything I can do, please let me know. Um, and you know if if anybody that is listening, uh, because I am in this Facebook group, um, if anybody is listening, if you're going through a rough time, if if you need a hand or you need support, there should be no hesitation for you to reach out to me. There's no question. Just do it. You're not going to bother me. You're not. I, I genuinely want to help people. If if I can. If I have the... If I have the means to do it, I will. Maybe not 100% of the time financially, but I'll be there for you. So if you need somebody to talk to, if you need support of any kind, please reach out to me. That goes to anybody listening. Um... You know, you can email me at gatapodcast at gmail.com. If, if you don't have me on Facebook, I will gladly reach out and try to help anybody that I can. That's what Dog Nation is about. One big family. At the end of the day, everybody knows it. With that being said, I hope everybody has a great Friday and a great rest of the weekend. And tune in Tuesday for the next episode of the GATA Podcast. Well, that is all we have for today, folks. 
Thanks for sticking around and listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed the content. Until next time, this is the GATA Podcast, where it is all dogs, all the time. I'm Robert Reynolds, and stay safe. Go dogs.